Hey guys, and welcome to the Maybe Running Will Help podcast. This is the show that explores the why of running for people like us, people who love to run, and I guess people who want to love to run. Um, I'm your host, Nikki Tamburino, and I want to invite you to follow me on Instagram at One Classy Mother Runner, because there you're going to find the latest inspiration from our guests, information on how Maybe Running will help, and how you can use our sport for personal development in your life. I also share my training and running tips and more. So I hope to connect with you there. And with that said, I want to introduce our next guest. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome to another Friday release of the podcast. It has been a few weeks aside from the lives that I played around with, um, I think last week for the Baltimore Marathon. Uh that was fun. I did some lives. I'll try to do some more live content, but this is the first like normal podcast episode release in a few weeks. So sorry about that, but I do have an amazing episode for you. Um, we are talking to Jeff Humphrey. He is now an ultra runner and running coach, but the old Jeff, as he refers to himself, uh, was a binge eater, drinker, and consumption connoisseur. However you say that word, I'm not fancy. (laughs) Um, At his heaviest, he weighed 452 pounds, but running helped him lose over 200 pounds. Not once, but twice. He is proof that there really are no excuses. With that, I want to get to the episode, so let's get started. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the Maybe Running Will Help podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Nikki. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm really excited to talk to you. You have a really interesting story. Um, And it's funny, you know, when we connected on Instagram, I had seen some of your story and some of your posts. And and then when when we finally connected, I ended up going through your, like, feed, and I was just, like, blown away. I was like, oh, wow, like, we definitely need to to talk and share you with listeners because it's such an inspiring um, journey that you have. So um, thank you for for being here and being willing to share. Oh, well, I appreciate the kind words. Um, Thanks again for having me. I'm always happy to share. So yeah. So um, just to get started, can you just give us a brief like, who is Jeff Humphrey today? So today, Jeff Humphrey, me, um, I am a coach and motivational speaker, and a husband, and a cat den. So <laughs> nice. that's what I'm doing currently. Very good. So that's awesome. And, you know, like I said, you're you're on Instagram. Um, when did you get on Instagram and why? On Instagram? Oh, man. A number of years ago. I mean, at least 10 years ago. So you didn't originally oh, wow. get on to, I'm sorry, I interrupted, but you didn't originally yeah. get on to share this, or were you already on? It's, it was already an existing account, uh, okay. just my personal Instagram account and used for what most late teenagers, mm-hmm. early 20s are using it for and sharing pictures and life updates and things like that. Um, I have music stuff on there from when I was teaching and playing music um, in the past. And then I started sharing my weight loss with my Instagram following lost all the weight and then it's kind of morphed into that's my platform. I had an initial following of people and I'm just growing it from there. 
And so when did your story really begin? Um, so I started my first weight loss journey in July of 2015, excuse me, July 2015, I started my weight loss journey. And when I tell this, there was a breaking point. So um, like most people who lose any significant amount of weight, there's a moment in time where the switch flips. And um, for me, that was watching my now wife, Brianna, do something that I couldn't do because of weight restrictions. And I was standing idle by with my dad at the time. And I didn't say anything to him, but I just had all of these feelings rushing through me. Like, how am I supposed to plan a life with this person if I can't even think about the reality of being alive in 10 to 15 years? I was, at that point, I was upwards of 460 pounds, encroaching 500 pounds, um, wearing size 58 pants and 4XL shirts and the whole thing. And so I had that moment where, of clarity and the next day, essentially, we went for a three-mile walk that took well over an hour, and I was hurting, and um, I just set that plan in motion. So that's where it started. So what what was your life? I'm curious to know what your life was like before and how you got to that point, the point where you realized you needed to make a change. Um, so I was in college. Um, I was in my, I was the party guy. Mm. So we lived in a house that had a a full bar and all kinds of things. So we would throw parties and I was the guy known for chugging beers and bottles of liquor and supplying all of that stuff and just the whole thing, smoking cigarettes, cigars, everything, the whole nine yards. So, I mean, I was always a good student and I always did what I needed to do and but who I was. Those habits, I mean, I just overate all the time. Mm-hmm. I grew up in an Italian household. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mom is an amazing cook and she, they just feed you, you know? Yeah. And so I, I wasn't really blessed with a great metabolism. Mm-hmm. And so over the years, I just continued to put on weight. I was almost 300 pounds going into my freshman, sophomore year of high school. And it just ballooned from there, mm-hmm. like I said. And uh, so at that point in time, I was just this very overweight, um, masked with being trying to be funny and I would you know mm-hmm. fake confidence and all of these things being an asshole to people pardon my mm-hmm. language no, but treating fine. people the wrong way because I was trying to be something and mm-hmm. someone that I just I wasn't mm-hmm. um and so I was just dealing with all of these things and I w- I didn't care to change until like I said there was that person standing in front of me that I knew that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with and build a future with. Is that like just like who you are, like, you know, how, how people knew, you know, you're a funny guy, partier, like that's just kind of like becomes your identity after a while, right? Yes, wholeheartedly. Yeah. And you just kind of brush it off. Like you make jokes about yourself. I would just make fun of myself. So it was easier for people, you know what I mean? Like it was just mm-hmm. easier that way for me to be like, oh yeah, I'm just like the fat funny guy and, and that kind of thing. So I would just completely mask over all of those things and lying to myself when I feel certain ways about this and there's a lot of different feelings about um, obesity and things going around. But I knew every time I walked by a reflective surface and I looked at myself, I was not happy. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's something that I still deal with after what I've gone through and having those um, 
body image issues and now moving into the running space and endurance space (laughs) it's like Mm -hmm. you go to you go somewhere and you're like oh you tell somebody what you do and you don't look exactly like this or whatever you're supposed to look like and you sometimes get that feeling back so dealing with all of those things as well you know i really love people like you and i think that regardless of what you look like at any certain point of time there's somebody else out there who can relate. And so when you're doing things like running or um, exercising, somebody's looking at you as an inspiration. So I think that's always just something that I keep in the back of my mind. Like there, you always have a purpose, like no matter what like space you're in or no matter where you are in your life, like you can be that inspiration to somebody. Yeah. Um, Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. So you, you, your now wife, um, um, what was it that she, she could do that you couldn't do? Uh, so we were with family and they were doing a high ropes course. Mm-hmm. So like, like one of the obstacle courses. Yeah. I just wasn't able to do it. So you know, I was 23 at the time, I believe somewhere mm-hmm. in that range. And like I said, that changed me because, I grew up in a, with an amazing family. Like my parents are amazing people. My brother, like they helped raise other kids. Like they're amazing people. And so of course that's on my mind. I want to do the same thing. And it was just that moment where I was like, okay, this is it. Like, and I just set that plan in motion. And I'm the type of person with, whether it was in the, the music world and, uh, or now with running and coaching, I'm just like, once I get a taste of something or an idea, I just go after it. So July 2015, I went for my first walk. And then in October, I had lost my first 100 pounds. And I wow. ran my first mile. I ran my first mile without ever, without stopping in my life. Wow. That's um, so, how, wait, how I, many months is, was that? I, I'm, I like, like missed this. Three-ish. Wow. <laughs> um, and so... I talk a lot about that. And then I ended up losing 2015, July to May of 2016. I lost 230-ish pounds in 10 and a half months. Um, Oh, wow. And then ran the Buffalo Marathon in May of 2016 in less than a year. And I had never run a mile. That's like, (laughs) that's like a lot. Like that's a, that's like, I don't like you say it so casually. Like, I know. That's like tell not me even, that. Yeah, that's like like that's not like a, like a just thing that you just kind of like mention. Like, that, I know. A, by the I way, know. I'm I'm trying to get better with that because and got it mistaken for people, you know, arrogance um, on my yeah. part because it's not how I feel about it. Um, uh-huh. But I have to have people around me kind of pushing me to share because I'm not uh, emotional, like a sharing person. And to me, it, in my mind, it's, it's just something that I did and that I wanted to do and that I had to do. But then when I tell somebody like, like I just did with you and the reaction that yeah. people have, it's just the reassurance that like, okay, um, people need to hear this because it's a, it's something relatable. Like you said earlier, like people yeah. can touch and feel that in the, in these things. Um, so yeah. I mean, you had to like, even that, even in three months, right? That three months you lost that first hundred pounds. Like, did you feel that? Or were you like, wow. Like, and did that motivate you to keep going? Of course. Um, okay. 
Yeah. And just the feelings that I was getting like never before. Um, mm-hmm. and, that, and, and it was a daily and weekly thing. At that rate, I mean, with that much weight to lose the first few weeks and in, in first month, you can be losing. I, prob- I probably lost 15 pounds in a week at one point. And um, so, yeah, you're, I was buying new clothes all the time because <laughs> I, was, I couldn't wear certain things. They were getting far too large, far too fast. And so at that time, I had moved to Mississippi to start my graduate work. And my wife was still in New York. So we were doing long distance. So for me, it was just something I did every day. We didn't see each other for like two months or more at a time. Oh my so, gosh. so every time her, she saw you, yeah. I was like, it was like a new person. So uh-huh. I didn't wow. see her from July until middle of October. So the last time I saw her, or August, excuse me, when she uh-huh. helped move me down there. So she, the last time I had seen her, I was 80 pounds heavier or 70 pounds heavier. Yeah. And then just continuing, you know, each kind of break period, we would see each other and it would just be that kind of thing. So for her, it was even more so, I think, (laughs) stalking uh, to go through that. So that's crazy. Um, So, all right. So then, you know, and that was just through walking, right? Moving more in general, because wait, you can't really, you can't do much more than that. I mean, I, I, kind of was always I always kind of carried my weight well and I I did track and field through high school and was a thrower and pretty good at it and was always strong and um so I am thankful for that I think it's still why I'm able to like take on specific feats of endurance still weighing what I do on my way to my goal um so everybody's different with that but uh it started with walking learning about interval training so I would do you know little 30 second jogs or whatever on the treadmill and walk for however long and do that. But it was always a, my non-negotiable was 60 minutes of cardio a day. Um, And where did you come up with that? Did you just, were you just like, all right, I'm going to do an hour a day and that's, that's your, my plan. Yeah, that was it. I mean, I didn't uh really know anything. Uh, I didn't know the weight loss stuff. I didn't, I, and that's (laughs) my fault for losing that weight that fast. And that's why I gained weight back and am now on that journey or had to go through that journey again is because, I mean, I was calorie restricting like nobody's business. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, because you can't lose that much weight without doing that. So I was eating 1,200 to 1,400 calories a day for a year. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then didn't really learn about that stuff until in the the brunt of marathon training, which I yeah. didn't know anything about. I was on a 14 mile, you know, underfueled and dehydrated yeah. and everything. Um, but I just, it didn't matter. Like there was just that one goal and you know, losing weight is hard. Like it's a very difficult thing, but it's, if, <laughs> if you're in a deficit and however big or small the deficit is, you're going to lose weight and you can figure it out. Like I had it calculated. Well, if I eat this and this, then I'll lose this much weight every week. I'll hit my goal at this point. And I just 180 yeah. percent. And that's not, um, that's not probably not the safe, uh, safe route. Right. Mm-mm. And especially training for a marathon. I mean, obviously at this point, you've got some serious motivation going on. And, and I imagine, I mean, because for different reasons, I know when I, 
set my mind to something, there's, you know, it's either I've got something to prove or I'm, you know, I'm like, <laughs> like there's a bit of almost like anger there, right? Like, it's just like, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to effing do this. Like, and like, you're just so determined for whatever reason. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm imagining that's kind of like the space that you were in. Like you were just like, this is, I'm doing this and you know, nobody's going to talk you out of it type deal. Definitely. Um, motivation is really Mm-hmm. And, and anything like that. I mean, training for a marathon, training for any sort of thing, motivation comes and goes. And it's, you know, like you said, determination well beyond that. Yeah. Just being disciplined in your routines and those types of things. And I just wasn't willing to flex with that. And with when we set goals for ourselves, I think like just having that kind of determination and that discipline and then the unwavering confidence to move forward is is something that you just need to uh pursue yeah it certainly makes a good runner mm-hmm. um okay so let's talk a little bit about this marathon why on earth did you were you just like you're walking for an hour a day and all of a sudden you're just like was it just like yeah i'm gonna do a marathon like there was no leading uh, up there no. was no 5k no half marathon you were just like i'm doing a marathon i think i did a 5k uh-huh. um it, when I was visiting my wife on the car, where I graduated from, there was a 5K when it just happened to be in that time. So there was a 5K. Uh-huh. How the marathon idea came to be was I was home winter break that year, and my uncle Kevin was training just regularly and running, and he put the idea of running a half marathon. He was like, you know, when you're done for the school year, like, how would you feel about running a half marathon together? And I was like, yeah, of course. Um, oh, anytime really? You're just like, okay. Any, yeah. Anytime, I don't know, opportunity, like, uh, I just like, yeah. Like, you know, if somebody asked me to come, you know, through them for a hundred miles so anywhere right now, I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. You know, wow. figure out a way. Uh-huh. And um, I just try to be, I'm like that person. <laughs> and so he asked me and I was like, yeah, absolutely. So, um, I fly back to Mississippi and I continue running and losing weight. And I was out one day and I just felt really good. And I ended up running 14 miles. Um, wow. And, and, you know, no record setting times or anything, but I just, I, w- I ended up running 14 miles. So I get home and I texted him and I was like, so <laughs> I just ran 14 miles. And I was like, there's still, you know, I think at this point it was February. And I was like, there's still a decent amount of time. I was like, how do you feel about committing to the full marathon? And oh, so then he you was turned it like, on him and you're like, okay, half, I'll, I'll raise you a full marathon. And, <laughs> yeah. And so he agreed and we wow. picked the Buffalo marathon because of the timing and easy for him to fly up um, from uh-huh. where he was located at the time. And I was going to be home in New York visiting my parents anyways, which is only a few hour drive. And so that was that. So what did you what did you think about that race? A little bit talk about that race. What did you uh, think about? I mean, when was this? What year? What year was this? 2016. So it ended up being one of the hottest years at that point, <laughs> which was unfortunate. Oh, uh, I mean, I trained in Mississippi, but yeah. I, I didn't know anything about fuel or strategy. Like no idea. You know, oh, like, like you can find whatever you want. Yeah. You have to really understand yourself too, and you know, now, now coaching people through these things, it's like, you have to understand the individual and how they react and, you know, to certain nutrition sources. And I just, we went for it. 
uh, we were in Delaware Park um, in mile 17, 18, and that's when it happened. It was just exposed sun, and I just hit the wall, and we just started, like, trudging. <laughs> and, uh, yes, to trudge, yeah. And then we got through, and I started drinking lemon-lime Gatorade. Every mile, I was just, like, slamming cups of Gatorade, and finally... <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, there's must be something here. And so uh we got to like the last <laughs> we got to the last five K and I was like, Oh, I can run. So I ended up running the uh five K. A pretty decent okay. yeah, clip, but it was good. like it was well over five hour day at that point, you know, by the time we crossed the finish line and yeah. my uncle didn't know much about fueling. He ended up in the medical tent the whole nine. It was uh you know, it was a thing. But he was I mean, he was okay, just dehydrated, so they, they got him fixed up. Yeah. So Yeah. Well that's the thing. You learn pretty quickly. I mean, I think that I think everybody's first marathon is such a learning system. I don't think anyone I mean, what do you think? I don't think anybody runs the first marathon has any idea what they're freaking doing. Like, I feel like most so people either. go in to run a marathon and they're just like, I think I'll run a marathon. And they have, I mean, I certainly did. That's how I was. Yeah. I remember, my parents had to drive me home. Like I could, I couldn't even walk I, And I was the yeah. same way. I, when I first started training, I didn't take fuel. I didn't take water. I would just go out and run like 20 miles without water. And I think about that mm -hmm. now and I'm like, I, how, I don't even know how I did that. Yeah. So I, I mean, now I'm yeah. like, I'll, I run 10 or 12 miles and I'm like, Oh, I, I took like three gels, you know, or two gels. I was like, just because yeah. I didn't really eat a big enough breakfast or something, you know? So live and you learn. All right. So then obviously you learned a little bit, um, that first marathon, you learned about fueling, you learned, mm -hmm. uh, you learned probably a little bit about, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe about hitting the wall. Uh, what else do you think you learned of that with that first marathon that you took with you? That there's always more to give. Um, there's mm. like, it's like the, the goggles thing, right? When you're, when you think you're done, yeah. you're actually only 40% done or something like that. And so I love and it, that. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, I, it's like you hit a wall at mile 18 and it's just, you just manage and you can still move and whatever moving is at that point but you're still moving forward and that's kind of the the lesson that I take with me now with my weight loss my running my coaching all of that stuff and when I'm talking to people it's just you continue to move forward and you can't really fail or you consider yourself a failure if you're continually moving forward so I right. kind of think of that now, like if you're like, if you went out for your temple run the other day and you didn't hit your exact splits because of whatever reason, it's like, I mean, it, it's, I think, I, I mean, I posted a, um, on Instagram the other day, a picture of me from 2014 and then a picture of me from a few weeks ago. And it's like, I get so hard on myself every single day with, I'm like everything. and. I don't really look back like in my rear view and I think it's important for to have those reflections because if I looked back from now until from 2014 it was like oh I said something like that Jeff couldn't run 12 steps let alone 12 minutes and now I'm preparing to run my my second 12-hour event next weekend in the year 
And so I was just like, you know, you you can't, I was like, it's just, we're moving forward at whatever the speed is, we're moving forward. And so we can't uh, see that as a failure in, in my mind and just reminding myself of that. So that's probably the biggest lesson that I took from that. And that race. So I think that's one of the great things we all learn from running is that you can always give, you can always give more. Okay. So, so then you ran your first marathon and then now, now what is, now what does your life look like? All right. So I ran my first marathon and then I signed up for a second one that was like two or three weeks later because I was like, I got to get this. I, I was like, I got to get this right. You know, like I want a better shot at this. And my, and my wife, she wasn't running at this time. So our, our story is kind of funny with that. And we have a, a great video that was shot in 60 seconds for our website and stuff that kind of tells our, uh, our story through running. And so she decided to sign up for the half marathon at this race. And it was, I was going to be able to like connect with her halfway, hopefully. And so I was out on course for this marathon and it starts just downpouring and uh, thunder and lightning and this bus or something pulls up next to me. And I felt great that day. I was like, Oh man. So they pull up next to me and they like, and they're like, Oh, race is like, we're canceling it. Like we're pulling you off course. And I I laughed at the guy. I thought they were joking. Like, I thought this was somebody just being funny. Right. And they're like, no, seriously. Yeah. And well, I'm like 15K into a marathon. <laughs> and. Oh, my gosh. I, and, and I had plans, like, it was close to my parents' house, so they were going to meet me at certain points with Gatorade because I was like, oh, Gatorade's the, the good stuff. And so, yeah, they pulled me <laughs> off the course, and that was that. Beyond that, I ended up going to school after my master's degree for my doctor of musical arts degree and my focus ended up shifting into career you know chasing a career in academia university teaching and it's a very very cutthroat industry there are not very many jobs um, like full-time jobs a lot of them are most of them are adjunct teaching jobs and so I started putting together a resume and a CV that I thought was what was needed. I just started focusing on that. And of course, the time it takes to do something like that, my priorities shifted to hours and hours of practicing and back to that. And so running just kind of fell out of my life because of, of, of that's just the person I am. I'm one track minded person. And so when people ask me about music now, I'm just like, I, I, I can't really do that right now because if I started to go back toward that, I would start to slowly shift back to being hyper-focused on that part of my life. So I went back to school. Mm-hmm. I get to the last year of my doctorate and I'm still traveling. I'm teaching at a, sec- at a university while still finishing my doctorate and having an assistantship at the university that I'm at. There was one tenure track job in the entire country, full-time position for saxophone. I play saxophone and um, I applied for it and I ended up being a finalist for that job. I was lucky enough to be named a finalist. This was December of 2019. And so finalists were being brought in for this job interview in March of 2020. And as we know, what oh, happened shoot. in March of 2020, mm-hmm. 
COVID kind of shut down the world. Job search got canceled for some time, brought back, and then they ended up doing everything virtually, which was difficult because nobody knew how to really mm-hmm. manage that. How do you, how do you, nobody knew how to teach <laughs> virtually. How do you get your point across? Yeah. Um, so it was very odd. Um, long story short, they ended up selecting somebody else for this job and mm. very, very qualified. Very like at that point, it's just picking <laughs> the best, you know, of yeah. whatever and for whatever reason. And so the best of the best there. Um, yeah. Yeah. At, at, at some point, you know, and so you get to that point and there's nothing else happening. We're living in Mississippi. My wife had moved down there at that point. And so May of 2020, we just made a decision. We didn't want to stay there. There was nothing for us there. Our family was back mm-hmm. up north. And so we packed a moving yep. truck. Five days later, we drove to Pennsylvania. And we and we've been living here. Um, th- throughout those three-ish years, I regained 150-ish pounds. So when we moved back to Pennsylvania, I was close to 400 pounds again, probably 370, 380 pounds again. And so, and I had just like lost the, what I thought was the opportunity of a lifetime, you know, people telling me what I wanted to hear, you know, like all of these things and that go along with that. Um, And then you come to find out, you learn these lessons the hard way. Uh, Most of the time, like we were talking about the marathon, same thing with life, life (laughs) throws you some curveballs, and people just cease to exist. They just vanished from my life. I just didn't hear anything from anybody. And so at now 30 years old, roughly, I am in a new part of the country, closer to family, which is great, but it's still COVID, so you can't really see anybody. And it's me and my wife and the cats. And uh, I consider myself very lucky um, that I hadn't dealt with any sort of depression until that moment in time. But it was yeah. rough. That's a I lot. mean, I was, yeah, I was, was. just yeah. so depressed because, like I said before, like I put all of my time and energy into that thing, and just like anybody else, <laughs> you would you would be in the same. You'd be lying to tell me you wouldn't deal with that, you know. And that's people are always saying, "Oh, like there's other opportunities and blah 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 and all of these things," and it's like bullshit (laughs) like this is the thing that you were aiming for so if this happened to you you can't tell me that you would just wake up the next day and be like oh yeah i'm ready to go and get after it and like all of these things so i found myself dead for days at a time just like not really doing anything wow can't can't run anymore because i'm big again and just you know in this like what do we do like what do i do what do we do um and just kind of rebuilding so I dealt with those feelings for a year. I got a job. I was managing wow. um, people oh. and uh, at a resort and just going through day-to-day life. The following July of 21, I hired a personal trainer and for the first time. And we started working together and I started you know, lifting weights and programming for me and started losing some weight again. And I was just like, Oh, I felt pretty good. So I'm going to go home after this session. I'm going to go run a little bit. And those feelings started to come back when you run and it doesn't matter how fast or how far after you're done, you just like, Oh, you feel accomplished. You're like, okay, well me, anyways, you know, I'm like, 
now I have to do that. I, like, yeah. I'm such a miserable person if I have a rest day. Like next week leading into this yeah. race is going to be so rough because I'm not running like my daily mileage <laughs> that makes me feel good. And so I started doing that and these yeah. feelings started coming back. And I was like, oh man, like, this is what I want to do. Like I want, like I, not what I want to do in terms of a, like a career or life, but it's what I have to do. It's what makes me feel good. Gives me a similar mm -hmm. sense of accomplishment to what the, the music stuff gave me, but it allows me to pursue something that's like much healthier. Like I'm right. obsessive. So let me obsess over control. something. Yeah, exactly. And let me obsess over yeah. something that's going to put me in a better position in the future. So I started doing these things. Uh, started focusing just on running so uh the trainer and i stopped working together um just for whatever reason and in this december november december of that year i found a race that was literally in our backyard, like five minutes away from our house mm -hmm. and it's the two rivers marathon festival in Lackawaxen, pennsylvania on the delaware river it's scenic you know and uh i was like okay I think I can run another marathon. And at this point I was still 300 ish pounds. And I was like, well, I've, I said to my wife, I was like, well, I've run one marathon and they offer a double. So you could run two races on one on Saturday, one on Sunday. And so I was like, I've run one marathon. I was like, I think I could run two. So I signed up for the double, the back to back. What? Like two marathons, <sighs> like two marathons mm -hmm. back to back. Mm -hmm. so oh, okay, I signed up wow. for that All right. mm -hmm. <laughs> and then in December I was like okay I have 13 weeks give myself 13 weeks and I built through 13 weeks did three weeks of 20 mile long runs and then uh, March of 2022 I ran a marathon on Saturday and a marathon on Sunday and ran double marathon mm -hmm. two marathons in one weekend and that was kind of just where I had that, you know, you have 10 hours of thinking. So I started thinking and I was like, man, I really, I really want to do this. And I want to, uh, I was talking to people and sharing my story at this event and seeing people and hearing people's reaction to that. I was like, I think there's something here. Yeah. Um, so I kind of yeah, used yeah, that yeah. as the leverage, as the leverage, but the slingshot that I needed to move me into reaching out to people and, and seeing if they want to work together in terms of me being a coach and just going for it there so yeah and then i started losing weight and i now have lost 200 pounds twice in my life after that and, yeah so okay so i there's so much there's so many questions no, I'm there's i'm just like wow okay so two marathons in a week like how first of all how did that like how did that go okay uh, was it were you, uh, um, you any injuries yeah no no thankfully like i said i okay. don't know I'm very thankful and grateful that I think some sort of uh, genetics help with that kind of thing and recovery. <laughs> and I, I'm being serious. I mean, yeah. because at that point I was still, I was still probably like 280 miles and I ran 52 point something miles in two days and it wasn't blazingly fast, but I went out for the first half and it's an out and back out and back. So it's super easy logistically. Um, road's not closed so people could get to you and so i was able to like have friends and family crew for me and like that kind of stuff i didn't really have to carry much and so the first one i i went out and i came back and my my quads it, were cramping really bad at the half marathon mark and i come in and yeah. anytime i'm doing something like this I'm, i tell anybody that i'm working with or they're coming 
there for me. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to talk to the one person. There's one person who I'm going to talk to. Nobody else take offense to this, but when I'm focused and I'm in the zone, that's how it has to be. So my wife, Brianna's like, how you doing? And I was like, I need this, this, and this, and I need to be gone because if I stay here, I'm going to stop because I'm in pain. Like my yeah. quads are cramping. I was like, but like, like I want a Mountain Dew, I want banana, like something to try and clear these cramps <laughs> out and electrolytes and you know, yeah. and so I just started moving again. And so I dealt with quad cramps the whole second half of that race. So it ended Ugh. up being again similar yeah. to similar to where it's just you're breaking it up. I was doing like thirty seconds of running, thirty seconds of walking for a half marathon. Ah. I finished the race. I finished the race. It was like five and a half hours or something because I knew I had a second day. So I uh -huh. wasn't going out to try and, yeah. you know, break a certain time. And so in, I get back to them, we go out for lunch with everybody and she's like, so what do you want to do? And I was like, I'm going to go to bed. But I was like, tomorrow I need to have <laughs> like, I need to do this stuff preemptively. Like, let's have this just in case. And I ended up running faster the second day because I was able to just pivot my mindset and my plan uh, and just realize, okay, my body needs this or I, and the crown of the road made a huge deal. I wasn't planning for that. Um, so I ended up just like running up the center of the road because it's a very rural road and like most people. So just running on the yellow line and just moving when cars came. Um, and that saved my legs the second day for, and I, yeah, so I think I ran almost 10 minutes faster the second day. Um, That's so funny. Just by, if we all could recover that fast. And then remember the lessons we learned the day before and carry them over to the next. Most of us just can't recover that fast. But if we could, yeah. I mean, that'd be great because you can like immediately remember, right? Right. Um, that's so funny, though. Go ahead. Yeah. Val, I interrupted your story. That's all right. So, uh, yeah, so that's what I did in March. And then I had a couple DNFs and ultras past that. So July, I went out for a 50K that I was not prepared for the terrain and ended up doing 25k so dnf there and then my goal for that year was really i really wanted to run 100 miles and so i registered for 100 miles wow no you did not september i did in september of that year and um went out for that and got 38 ish miles in and my hip just started like well <laughs> my hip started hurting around 14 miles and I was like, oh, let me change my shoes. Like, let's see, 100 miles is a long way. So you have, you have time to hopefully like change some things and things might come back. But I got to the, like around the 40 mile mark and I, I just knew something was wrong. And I just wanted to live to run another day and not suffer through that and really damage my body. So we made that tough decision. Thankfully, it wasn't like a, I took a couple weeks off and it felt better. And now this year, I've I did the Goggins challenge, the four by four by forty eight challenge in March. Um, that was my first yep. uh, like race of the year. Um, I did that, and I raised money for mm -hmm. a friend of mine whose son is dealing with a disorder, a not very well known disorder. Um, so I wanted to raise money for him. Um, so we raised mm -hmm. a decent amount of money for him. So that challenge uh, that was in March tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. I yeah. ran another marathon April thirtieth. And then six weeks later, I did a 12-hour race, June 10th. Dude, so. there's, just, you're, there's just no stopping. You're like, you just never know, like, what's next. What, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> what, so. Um, so it sounds like you liked the 12-hour race because you're going to do that again, right? Loved that. Loved that. 
format. Um, I fell in love with that format. And I wasn't sure if I was going to do it after the marathon because I just wasn't feeling that great. And I just wasn't sure. And I was like, well, I registered for it. Like, let's just go. Found a cheap hotel room and went down. And I don't know, just those, just at ultra marathons, like there's so many different people. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. you, I just, I feel like at home with those people because nobody's going to judge me for having loose skin because I'm taking my shirt off because like I'm not dealing with chafing ever again if if I don't have to. <laughs> right. And it's like, like nobody cared. And so no. I'm, I was there and like beforehand I see this tall guy walking by and I'm like, that's Robbie Ballinger. And like, <laughs> he just finished running across the country with this other guy and he's here doing this race. And like, so I introduced myself and I was like, you know, big fan, like whatever. I just watched your whole YouTube series with so-and-so and like, this is me. This is a little bit of my story. And like, same thing. Like he's an elite ultra athlete. And like, he, he was so receptive to that. And so yeah. like to preempt my race day with that, I was just like, man. So every time he came by, he'd give me a fist bump or a thumbs That's up. That's awesome. And he's running 24 hours and with the goal of like running a hundred and something mile, you know, and I'm like, wow. So we were out there that day and again, <laughs> for whatever reason, it got really hot and my quads started cramping. So I dealt with quad cramping during that one for like three or four hours and then mm, switched yeah. to a different electrolyte source and finally got it figured out mm-hmm. and ended up finishing really strong. And I ended up being like the fat, the last finisher through the finish line. My goal for that race was there was no distance goal. It was just to move for 12 hours yeah. and experience that and deal with those highs and lows. And I didn't want any headphones. I didn't want any distractions. So I just went out with just my watch and like, that was it. No, no podcasts, no books, no music, just ah. go, go deal with these things. And I, I mean, I ended up running about 46 miles um, that day, but I was super happy because I learned a lot and I was the last person to come through that finish line. And I ended up only having roughly 90 seconds left on the 12 hour clock when I came through the finish. So that last loop I came through and I was like, oh, there's like 39-ish minutes to cover this three mile loop that we were on. And I was like... I'm feeling, I was like, I'm feeling better. I was like, I think I got it. And my crew who was with me, my friends were like, you definitely. So I was like, I don't want want anybody coming with me. I'm going to go like do this. And I ended up, yeah, like 37 minutes and change on that loop, which I was super happy about that late in the day. And, uh, and every, as I was coming through, (laughs) uh, like towards that, I like bigger feats of like endurance. I get like, I'm not an emotional person, but there's something about that. That I'm just like, yeah. there's this overwhelming sense of pride that I have for that. And mm-hmm. I just started like, mm-hmm. I like let out this huge scream. And through that whole last bit, I was, you know, thinking like the Goggin stuff and doing the, the they don't, you don't know me son yeah. and like all of that stuff. You don't know me. Yeah, and like yeah, I was yeah, so yeah, yeah. pumped about that. And like, so, and everybody was cheering me through, like everybody who had run and was running that race was stopped there. And so like, they just like yeah. welcomed me in and. So I was like, oh man. So I, I took, I just wanted to experience that again. And now I have different goals and I've been training, you know, volume wise, I've been training a lot more and continuing to lose weight and getting that stuff situated. So yeah, I'm running another one next weekend, next Saturday. There is nothing better than that reaction that you just described as like seeing somebody have that reaction after the end of a race, because we all know that feeling. 
And mm -hmm. when, and just seeing somebody, you just feel so, I mean, I have um, goosebumps. You just have, you just have, like, you just know, like, you're just like so happy for them and so proud for them because you're just like, I don't know. We all know what it's like to like overcome something or just to feel that like something that we didn't think we could do and just be like, I don't know. It's, I, yeah. that is like one of the things I love about racing and I love about even like volunteering at a race and just seeing people realize that there's so much, you know, more and so much better than they, than they ever imagined. Yeah. And that's what I love about running. Yeah, um, that's my favorite thing about so, coaching too. <laughs> more, yeah. I think more so is yeah. like helping people realize, oh, I, you know, I, a lot of people that I, I started working with are like, I just want to be able to run a 5K. And then they're like, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I have I have a guy who started coaching with me in April, uh, like 18-ish months ago. And he was that. Mm -hmm. I just want to be able to wake up and like run a 5K when I want to, like on the, mm -hmm. whatever day it is. Just go out and run three miles, three or four miles. I was like, okay, great. You know, like we can do that. We 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 do that. And yeah. so he ended from April to November of last year. He ended up running Philly Marathon in November, and what? then he ran he ran uh, another marathon, his second marathon in April 30, the same one that I ran. And right now mm -hmm. he's running, he's going to race the Steamtown Marathon in Scranton, Pennsylvania next weekend on Sunday and qualify wow. for Boston. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. He's going to run he, That's I, insane. 316 to 318. And his first marathon a year ago was like 420, 415. And so and that's, it's just that's like. That's the trouble. <laughs> Right. I mean, that's the trouble with this sport and that's the trouble with accomplishing things that you just like set yourself up for like this, all these like things, like in the future, it's like, mm -hmm. Oh, I great. I did good at a 5k. And then all of a sudden the, the next thing, you know, you're like trying to qualify for Boston. It's like, I mean, it's amazing, yeah. but it's also like, it's like this, it's like, Oh my God. That's like, uh, you can't, it's like, you can't stop. It's it is, it's like an no, addiction. You become addicted it, to like, addicted to it. Yeah, you do <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So that's my, it's even so more funny myself. That's, that's my favorite thing. That's my favorite thing. It's like, yeah. Talking to people like that. And they're like, I never thought a year ago, six months ago that I would be doing this. And I was like, that's the crazy thing about, you know, setting a goal and then just working through those small goals to get there. Like, you know, just focusing on these incremental changes every day and not trying to change mm -hmm. the world every day, just making small adjustments yeah. over the course of time. And you're just like, you're going to get there. You're going to be able to do things that you, yeah. you would never dream of. So you have a, an amazing story and an inspirational story. And not only once did you overcome, you know, this incredible like feat of losing this weight, but you, you did it twice. And it's just, just to your point, like it's always getting back up, right? And there's so many times in, in whatever each one of us are dealing with that, you know, nobody's perfect. And progress is not, I mean, it sounds so, you know, overused these days that progress is not linear, but your story is really a great example of that, of the ups and downs and just to mm -hmm. keep going because I, you almost want to be like, give up, right? So I think there's really something amazing about that and mm -hmm. speaks to your like character like that you know you don't give up and you're going to keep going and I, I think um the most important thing is that and let me back up a little bit yes the second time second mountain is much harder 
yeah. to climb than the first one for there's so many reasons why i mean i was seven eight years older than i was the first time and it's my you, you i doubled down on all of my bad habits again mm-hmm. so they were i just so re-solidified all of my bad habits right. which uh you know i was just like oh it's okay uh i lost the weight once i can lose it again and i would just say that and so would people who are around me, which is a dangerous thing. So you're like, oh, you're good. You know, when you have people who love you, it's great. You know, like it's wonderful, but they sometimes they will tell you things that you want to hear just because they love you. Yeah. And now I'm just like, don't lie to me. Yeah, yeah. I won't lie to myself. And so it's important just to, you know, really have that conversation with yourself and be honest and just you know, like it happens, it's going to happen. If you lose weight, like there's going to be a time where you might gain some weight. Like that's life. Right. Right. I don't think that, you know, we live in this world where it's just like on Instagram, like if you looked at my Instagram, you'd just be like, Oh yeah. Like, (laughs) you know, he's lost this much weight and he runs this much. And because of what you post or anything like, and, or you see these people who are just like, everything's great. And I'm running marathons and I'm doing all of this stuff, except that's not real. Like you can't touch that. Like life just, you go on these roller coaster rides and you have to learn how to weather those storms. And I think not lying to yourself and having people around you who don't allow you to lie to yourself. I mean, like there is, you should give yourself some grace, like with training and eating. Like, I'm like, okay, like if I go out and we go out and we went to a wedding a couple of weeks ago uh, for a family member and it's like, okay, I had a good time. We had a good time. I had some drinks, you know, didn't eat that great. It was with family, but you know, next day come Monday is like the goal is still the goal. And that's the biggest change for me. And that was the hardest thing for me was like not letting it snowball into old Jeff. And I always refer to myself as old Jeff. Like, yeah. and that's the way I have to refer to him is like, it's okay, like to go and have some pizza or ice cream or have a drink. But knowing that you wake up the next day, not Monday, not on the new year, but the next day, and you're right back into your routine, focused on your goal and having that kind of relationship. And that kind of grace with yourself allows you to be better to be successful. I mean, that's Mm-hmm. It's crucial to like yeah. having success in this kind of thing. You mm-hmm. have to be able to fall off, not necessarily fall off, but even choose to, you know, have fun or whatever and not let it sabotage what you're working for. And I think that's a real strength because you can go, you know, you can go the obsessive way where you feel like you always have to be, always have to be perfect. You always have to eat the right way. And that can be really, really mentally challenging. Uh, and make, I mean, it just causes all kinds of issues. Like I, I know, cause I've been there, but you just, I mean, and, and then, you know, you mess up. Right. And then the next day you're they're dealing with like guilt or shame. So you're, like you said, doubling down on like whatever it is, mm-hmm. or you're like, just like, fuck it. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I messed up, screw it. I'm just going to like continue this like yeah. pattern of like, so, I mean, I think it's just imperative that you are able to like have those moments of, you know, having a good time, having fun, and then being able to rebound or, you know, whatever, and just be like, that's, this is life. You have to be able to live life at the same time. Absolutely. And I think, I think that the important thing with that is that nothing 
changes from day to day. So like that one meal that you had yesterday doesn't, isn't going to affect today, but if it continues today and tomorrow, then it's going to continue to affect you. You know, it's the same thing as, you know, having these habits and these routines, these positive things, it's consistency. So even if you're consistently bad and you're not consistently good, then that Mm -hmm. consistently bad is going to compound and then you're going to be in a worse place. And I think that that's the real thing. It's just having that one day, it -hmm. doesn't affect tomorrow and you're just back on that. So, and the more times you can do that and realize you're going to be okay, the, you know, the better it's just about most days. Like, and that's exactly what you're talking about. Consistency is it's, it's mm-hmm. how you operate most days. It doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just needs to be most days. So, yep. well, very good. That's awesome. It, I, your story is amazing. I can't wait to like follow Thanks. you and see Thank more. You. Yeah. And, and just see more about the incredible things that you're doing. Thank you for, you know, sharing your story and touching other people and coaching other people and showing people how to you know, overcome these challenges because we need more people like that on Instagram, um, being, you know, speaking out loud. And uh, I I just want to ask you if you can leave us with your thoughts on how maybe running will help. I think running will help possibly dig you out of that dark place like it did Mm -hmm. for me, you know, And, and just having something that, makes you feel good and having like when you have a day at the office or whatever you're doing or you know you get this really bad news or whatever it is and you just go out for a run and you have the ability to do that and afterwards you're just kind of clear-headed so and for me it was it just dug i it dug me out of the darkest place of my life it dug me out of you know depression and anxiety and all of these things and it's it's not a cure-all but it helps so maybe you know when when you say maybe running will help it it, it, i I do wholeheartedly believe that that's why you know i reached out to you because i think that that message is amazing i think just really finding joy in the process like no matter where you start or where you are on your journey there's always room that you're going to, you're going to grow into a better version of yourself and a better person for your family and, you know, all of those things. So. Yeah, I love that. It's almost like, well, I mean, everything, like maybe running will help, like all of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's true though. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think, I mean, everybody who runs or is trying to run can, can relate to that. So. Yeah. And it's personal. I mean, it's whatever you need it to be. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I love that question. Um, <laughs> yep. All right. Well, thank you so, so much for your time. I enjoyed hearing thank your story. You. And yeah, I can't wait to share you with listeners. And I know they're going to respond to this episode and um, and and probably reach out and <laughs> have Hope some more so. questions. I, I mean, yeah, I would love any time. I'm always happy to talk to people. <laughs> okay. And where can they, where's the best place for them to find you? Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram is okay. good. You know, send me a DM, anything like that. So. And what's your handle? And, uh, just underscore Jeff Humphrey. So. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I will, you know, look forward to following you. All right. Thank you. 
guys, that brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with our special guest. Please, if you love the show, remember to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you stream content. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at One Classy Mother Runner. I would love to connect with you there. And finally, most importantly, don't forget to keep running, keep inspiring, and keep sharing how maybe running will help. Have a great run, everybody. Jap, you can't ignore it. I'm transforming now, these cars and planes, I'm always boarding. Just out touring down in Charlotte, like I play for Hornets. When I'm performing, never boring, now you can't afford it. Champagne, Perrier, finished friends on my face. Looking like a front of D, D's no Cartier's. Pockets deep, 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 bro. I can make it in my seat, bro. Do you and doing me, bro. Making noise, use a beat, bro. Clean up, heard the big bags overseas, then we gon' go, go, go. Whoa, whoa, I 